Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. Good morning on this Easter morning. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Thank you for joining us. My name is Pastor Julie Lewis, and we are at Easter morning, Resurrection Sunday. Our reading for this morning comes from Psalm 118. Please listen to these words of celebration and joy. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say his steadfast love endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. There are glad songs of victory in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has punished me severely, but he did not give me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The gospel of Luke tells us that on the first day of the week, that Sunday, at early dawn, the women came to the tomb. They were coming to complete the burial ritual for Jesus, bringing spices they had prepared to wrap around his body. This was an act of love and respect for the dead. They had been prevented from doing this by the Sabbath regulations and by darkness, but here they come. And Luke tells us they found the stone rolled away. Contrary to some of the pictures we see of this tomb, the stone would have been like a giant wheel, yet someone had removed it from the opening of the grave. And when they went in, because you wouldn't you want to take a look inside and see what was going on in there, Jesus' body was gone. Grave robbers, how could they? But they didn't have time to get upset, as right away two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. Recognizing they weren't ordinary human beings, they fell down in fear. But these men had news, didn't they? Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember what he said? None of this should be a surprise. Now I want to pause here for a moment. What has just happened here probably only lasted for a few minutes from the time they arrived at the tomb to this message from these angels. These women began this day with grief, coming to the tomb to care for Jesus, the one they loved, the one they saw tortured and killed. They probably haven't been able to even process all that trauma. I mean, come on, watching that kind of thing would be traumatic, and these women watched that. This could lead to PTSD, if we're honest. 
Then grief turns into anger and confusion as they find that stone rolled away and they're thinking someone desecrated his grave, especially when they look in and see his body is gone. But they can't even begin to process that when there's this vision of beings not sure what they are, but now the situation evokes fear. Such fear, they fall down almost as a prayer that to God that they won't hurt them. How could they possibly know their intentions? Were they the ones who took his body? Would they kill them to protect their secret? Were they about to be assaulted? Every one of these thoughts is reasonable under the circumstances. Yet even with their minds racing, these beings we know to be angels sent from God begin to speak. What did you come to see? Death is not here. His body is not here. He is alive. He told you all this would happen. Don't you remember? He said that even though they would kill him on the third day, he would rise. And suddenly they did remember. Of course he did. Can he really be alive? Of course he can. How can we forget what he told us? Excitement and all. So they've gone from grief to anger and confusion to fear. And now, as Matthew tells us, to joy, sheer joy. He is alive. Everything he said has come true. He is risen from the dead. Hallelujah. Oh, happy day. Let's do a happy dance. Let's go tell the others so they will be happy too. Jesus is alive. Say it with me. Jesus is alive. Let's celebrate. Jesus is alive. Have you ever been so happy that you just wanted to dance, to sing, to run around, to throw your arms up and shout? Have you ever been part of an all-out celebration? We like to celebrate things, don't we? Celebration is a part of life. It certainly makes life better, right? Celebration brings joy into our lives, lifts us up when life threatens to overwhelm us with grief or sadness and anxiety. The celebrations of our lives bring us together, shape us into a community, give us identity, help us understand our purpose and give meaning to our lives. This year, for Lent, we have been exploring spiritual disciplines, practices that help us draw closer to God and deepen our faith. And we've looked at fasting and prayer, study, giving, service, and worship. And celebration is the last spiritual discipline we will explore. And I'm sure the first question one might ask is, what makes celebration a spiritual discipline? Anything that uses the word discipline would infer that there needs to be intentional practice, something we need to work on. Celebration is spontaneous, right? We just feel the moment, and in whatever way feels appropriate at the time, we just do it, right? Well, maybe some of that is true, but true celebration comes from a joyful heart, and cultivating joy is something that takes practice. I think the world has forgotten how to cultivate joy and practice the amazing art and gift of true celebration. Our lives have been so overcome with bad news, with horrifying situations in the world, the trauma of living through a global pandemic, so weighed down with the reality of everyday life, just trying to survive. 
That we have stopped finding reasons to be happy, to find joy and to celebrate. But on this day, of all days, the fact that the tomb is empty, that all Jesus said would happen actually did happen. We, of all people, have the greatest reason to celebrate. So let's rediscover the art and practice of celebration. As Christians who believe in the truth of the resurrection of Christ, what exactly are we celebrating? Psalm 118 gives us help with that. Give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. We celebrate because we are grateful, grateful for the goodness of God that flows from his unconditional and unending love for us. How can we be sure about that? I mean, come on, how do we really know? Well, just having an empty tomb doesn't mean much unless we understand how we got here. Or in other words, as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story. From before creation, God loved us. We were created out of the steadfast love of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And when our love failed, God remained faithful, making a way for his love to watch over us, make a way back to his perfect love. The Bible is the story of God's love for us. Although we might not think so. All through the Old Testament, the history of the Israelites, now known as the Jewish people, the physical ancestors of Jesus, we read how God's grace, his steadfast love, never leaves them, never leaves us. No matter how bad the world turned, God never left us, had a plan to restore us, to help us overcome the sorrow and grief of this world. And that plan was Jesus, God in the flesh, to experience life just as we do, to show us how to love extravagantly, just like God does, and then how to have abundant lives here and now, lives full of joy. Do you remember that when Jesus was born, the angels told the shepherds, we bring you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. Good news of great joy. This was the beginning of Jesus' life on earth. Then when Jesus began his ministry, preached in the temple, reading from the prophet Isaiah, saying, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus was ushering in the year of Jubilee, a year that came once every 50 years when all debts were canceled. Property returned and slaves set free. It was a universal celebration of freedom and restoration. Jesus came to set all things right and to give us a reason to celebrate good news of great joy. The Lord is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. There are glad songs in the of victory in the tents of the righteous. We love to sing at our celebrations, right? 
All through the Bible, the people sing when they are celebrating. Miriam sings with the women after the crossing of the Red Sea, the Exodus. David dances and sings before the Lord after defeating their enemies and praising God for his goodness. Mary sings when Gabriel gives her the good news about the baby. And to be sure, every time they sing, they sing of a God who saves who lifts up those who find themselves in dark places, who can't dig themselves out of the holes they're in, like the places we all find ourselves at one point or another. Those times when we feel it impossible to find joy or a reason to celebrate anything at all. And maybe that's you right now. Maybe you're the one in a dark place where there seems to be no way out. Joy! That's impossible. Celebration. I need a little hope first. Something to celebrate. So where do we find that way out? That hope. Our psalm says, Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. Well, that tells us a couple of things. First, there is a way out a way out of any situation that threatens to steal our joy or to keep us in despair. Second, we have the opportunity and ability to get out. Nothing we face today lasts forever. For all time, past, present, and future, there is always hope because God is good and his steadfast love endures forever. God's love never leaves us, no matter what. God made a way, and those gates of righteousness just mean that all the sin, the troubles of the world, the bad news will never have the last word. Love conquers all our faults, our pain, our grief, and anything this world tries to throw at us. Jesus opened the gates of righteousness when he died on the cross, taking our sin and shame, taking all our issues and our troubles on himself and letting them die with him. All of that was buried in that tomb. And now the tomb is empty. Not empty just because his body was no longer there, but because in his death, all those sins, all the stuff in the world and in our lives that was, is, and will be wrong is washed away. It's gone for good. It's always the year of jubilee. All debts are canceled. All prisoners are set free. The lame can walk. The blind can see. It's the year of the Lord's favor. This is the Lord's doing out of his great love for us. And it is marvelous in our sight. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Let us celebrate. And we can celebrate. But sometimes we forget how to celebrate in the midst of the trials of our lives. The reason we need to practice the art of celebration is that celebration is key to finding our joy, 
finding joy in our lives. Celebration keeps us from focusing on what's happening all around us and helps us turn to God and see what God is doing. Paul tells us in Philippians 4, 8, and 9, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. As we think about and focus on the reason for our celebration, it turns our attention from the negative, causing us to stop feeling sorry for ourselves, helps us see what is truly good and worth celebrating in life. I mean, think about it. We, as women, give birth, and the pain of giving birth is totally erased as we hold that precious new life in our arms. All the trials we face, once we get through to them, to the other side, to the joy, it makes our hearts leap and we forget. We can stop focusing on what had happened that brought us there. It's the same with the empty tomb, the pain of Good Friday is overcome with the joy of celebrating the empty tomb. And it takes practice to intentionally focus on the good instead of the bad. Celebration is the antidote to sadness and despair, fear and anxiety. It helps us look beyond the present, the situation that we're in now, to the future, knowing that we might be in the pain of life, but there is goodness that is coming. That is where our hope is found. God promises that he works all things for good for those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. As people of faith, redeemed by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have this hope, and we can celebrate. He has overcome sin and death, and by faith we have eternal life, and nothing can separate us from the love of God we have received in Jesus Christ. The empty tomb is key to our celebration because, as the angel said, Jesus told them it would happen this way. From the beginning of creation, God has always done what God has promised. And if God keeps his promises, we can celebrate that Christ will come again, that this life is not all there is, and that we can start every new day anew, afresh, because his mercies are new every morning. The tomb is empty. Everything God has done has been for you, for me. There is nothing anyone can do that will change how much God loves you. And if you need proof, look at the cross. Remember the empty tomb. Nothing from your past, present, or future remains on the cross or in the grave. Jesus is alive, and the dawn brings a new day. So when we find ourselves in despair, we can celebrate Christ is risen. When the doctor says terminal, we can celebrate Christ is risen. 
when all the money is gone. We can celebrate Christ is risen. When we feel useless and worthless, we can celebrate Christ is risen. We are loved. We have a future. We have hope. Nothing, not even death, can separate us from the love of God. Practice the art of celebration. Choose joy no matter what you face today. Look around and find the joy. Focus on the empty tomb and feel the joy this Easter morning. Feel it every morning as his mercies are new. We are loved. We are made new. We have new life in Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Let us celebrate and be glad in it. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.